0: Do demons exist? Well, if they do, we won't have the Winchesters to protect us. This world is a strange one. Demons are called many different things all over the world. They can be different in every culture. In fact, they aren't always portrayed as the ultimate evil. But no matter what country you're from or what you believe, the thought of often malevolent spirits living alongside us that could harm us at any moment it can be terrifying. So let's check out these allegedly true cases of demonic hauntings to see the worst that can happen when demons have nothing but hate for us. But first, does Kmart still exist in your town? Well, I'd love to hear your scary stories from Kmart if you've got one. You can send me your story at darknessprevails.org. Thank you. Now... When you live alone and wake up with scratches on your body, you might want to call an exorcist, or 12. Number one, My Demon Fiancé, submitted by Dan Ong. I was born, raised, and currently live in Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia. I am Malaysian Chinese and Christianity is what I believe. This story happened roughly three years ago and happened to me and my then fiancé Nicole. It was an experience that really left a scar on both our lives forever. Well, three years back, Nicole and I just got engaged and I was looking for a new place we could call home to start a new life in and maybe even start a family. To my surprise and luck, I found an old house with a really reasonable price in a really strategic place of the city. I discussed it with Nicole and decided that we could renovate it together after we bought it. The previous owner was really happy that we took it off their hands and even offered to lower the price for a fast transaction, which I should have found as odd as I reflect on it now. Anyway, we bought the place and immediately began renovations on it. When it was all done, We moved in immediately and began shaping the place into our own image. Back then, I really wasn't paying attention to that little gut feeling you get when something is wrong. Even though I was having it quite a bit there, I was far too busy with the moving and the wedding coming up soon to even care. If only I knew then that the nightmares would come as a result of my actions or my lack thereof. About a month after we moved into the place, I returned home from work one day and as I walked through the front door and past the living room, I saw Nicole sitting silently on the sofa, back facing towards me and she was staring blankly into space. It was odd to see her like that. So I walked up to her, putting my hand on her shoulder and I was about to ask her what was wrong when literally she just faded out of existence. I stood there, dumbfounded, wondering whether I was going crazy or not, when suddenly my phone rang. It was a message from Nicole saying she was tied up at the office and she wasn't going to be done until later that evening. I was taking this all in when I began to hear loud crashing coming from the kitchen. Then I heard audible footsteps running up the stairs toward the second floor bedrooms. Every new sound shook me. I checked everywhere, but I found nothing not a sign of a break-in. No one was in my house. All I did find was broken dishes everywhere on the kitchen floor and an eerie sense that I was being watched. I was beyond creeped out at this point, but quickly cleaned up the mess and decided that I would go to the mall and wait for Nicole to get off work. I wasn't going to spend a night alone in this house, not until I was sure of a logical explanation of what had just happened to me. Later that night, over dinner, I told Nicole everything that I'd experienced. She seemed to think that I was only joking. She even laughed at first, but when she saw the fear and confusion in my eyes, she had to believe me. We talked about it for a while, trying to come up with a sensible explanation, discussing how we cannot afford to move anywhere else as the money was needed elsewhere. We finally decided we would try to make it work, for the time being. Nothing much really happened for the next two weeks until one Sunday as we returned home from church. We got back to the house to find our bedroom a complete wreck. Lamps were turned upside down. Our pillows and books were scattered across the room, but the worst of it was that Nicole's Chongsum, sum, a traditional Chinese dress, was ripped to pieces and there were stains all over it. It looked like someone had used it to cover a wound. We were paralyzed with fear at the sight of this. No animal could have done this. Nothing had been taken from the house, so it wasn't a thief who had broken in. We were just so horrified. Nicole began sobbing, and I comforted her. I told myself that I was done with whatever this was, so I decided to call a priest to bless the house but the church called me back and told me I'd have to wait a couple of days as the pastor in charge of these kinds of things was away on a missionary trip in Africa and wouldn't be back for about three weeks. When I heard that, I wasn't sure if we could wait that long, but we did. We waited every day as the footsteps and banging increased in the middle of the night. We even heard growling at one occasion coming from the toilet when there was no one there. Then one day, Things finally climaxed in the middle of the night. I woke up with a start to find Nicole standing in the middle of the room. She was once again motionless, but now she was staring at me with this weird blank look on her face. I asked her, Nicole, are you okay? What's wrong? Then she began to laugh in a voice that wasn't hers. And all the while, she began to grin across her face, a grin that I'd never seen before in my life. Immediately, I jumped up from bed and rushed towards her, grabbing her by the shoulders and pinning her to the ground. I was not going to let this thing, this demon, whatever it was, take my fiancé away from me. I shouted at it. Who are you? What do you want with my fiancé? I honestly didn't expect an answer but the thing before me in Nicole's body actually replied. She's gone from you now. <laughs> it began to laugh in this god-awful demonic voice. I began praying as loudly as I could, goosebumps and chills taking over my body. All the while, I hugged my fiance in tears. Then slowly, I began to hear Nicole saying in a soft voice. Dan... Dan, what is happening? Why are we on the ground now? The moment she came to, all I could say was, we're leaving, now. I threw everything in one bag and I helped Nicole do the same and we hightailed it out of there. I didn't care if it was the middle of the night at three in the morning. I called Nicole's parents and told them we were coming over right away. Then I called my parents asking them to meet us there. I said that I would explain everything when I got there. When I reached her parents' house, they were bombarding us with questions as to what had happened, why we were so messy. I explained everything to them, all the things that happened from the first day we were in that house. After they heard all of that, both sets of parents began to comfort us, telling us everything was going to be okay. Nicole's mom went into the kitchen and began to boil some traditional Chinese herbs. They're said to have the power to ward off evil spirits, and they told us both to wash our faces and hands with it. Then they began to pray over us, muttering a Chinese prayer that I heard of when I was a kid, and at the same time, the Lord's prayer. For the next few weeks, until the pastor came back, we stayed at Nicole's parents' place while both her dad and my dad figured out what to do with the house. We were discussing whether we should sell it or just leave it as it was. I considered both, but I really couldn't afford another place anymore, so we decided to just wait for the pastor. Finally, he returned, and all together we went back to the house with the pasture to perform the blessing, but we left Nicole and both our moms at her place as the pastor said this demon was specifically targeting her. We entered the place, and to my horror, The place was in a total wreck. The furniture had been turned upside down. There were scratch marks all over the wall. There were stains everywhere that weren't there before. I could tell the pastor and both my dad and Nicole's dad were scared out of their minds. You know what they say, seeing is believing. We did the blessing over the place and we even asked some of the church elders to pray over us and spray holy water into dark corners of the house. After all of that, right away, the place felt calmer and more homely in contrast to the heaviness at the beginning. Even after that, it took us quite a bit of time to finally move back in, as the horrors of what happened there stayed with us for quite some time. But slowly, we did manage to put it all behind us finally and move on with our lives. Since then, we've gotten married and we're now on the way to starting a family. I'll forever be grateful for both my parents and in-laws for the comfort and the help that they brought us in our time of need. But to be honest, I still think of the events of those nights and sometimes I discuss it with my wife. Even now as I type this, I still wonder who that demon was and what did it want with my wife. For as long as we live in this house, that question will haunt me. Number two, some recent experiences, submitted by Anna. Since I was six years old, I've had multiple experiences that have ranged from hearing voices to seeing actual things. The experiences I'm going to share with you today have happened to me over the past year. The first experience happened on New Year's Eve My parents had left for a party about an hour before. I was in the guest room watching a cop show on Ion and my brother was sitting on the bed next to me watching YouTube videos. The chair that I like to sit in is right next to the window. I was expecting a friend to be over. So when I heard what sounded like a car pull up in the driveway, I immediately assumed it was her. I didn't bother to check since I figured she would just let herself in as I had left a key for her under the mat I even heard the front door open and I began to hear footsteps. But when I didn't hear the footsteps climb the stairs like I had expected, I could still hear them walking around downstairs. I called down for my friend and when I didn't get a response, I decided to go down slowly to see if she was looking for us down there. Halfway down the stairs, I heard the footsteps again, this time, They were finally approaching the staircase. I paused on the stairs, puzzled. Then those footsteps stopped directly at the bottom of the stairs, and that's when it registered my friend hadn't arrived yet. I stood there for a moment, staring at the base of the stairs, but there was no one there. I didn't see anything, but I could feel something staring back at me. I stood there for about two minutes before moving, Once I moved to the next step, the footsteps headed back down the hallway and then out the front door. I was so confused. I checked all the rooms downstairs after locking the front door. Then I looked out the front door. There was no vehicle outside. No one was there. I noped it back upstairs and stayed there until my friend FaceTimed me, letting me know she was now outside. The next experience happened only a couple of weeks ago in my dorm room. This was roughly a day or so before my roommate moved to another room. She had gone to bed around midnight or so, but I, on the other hand, could not get to sleep. I ended up falling asleep around 6.40. As soon as I fell asleep, I had a dream that some family I didn't know was being attacked by a demon, a demon that eventually succeeded and ending all their lives, and I could only sit there and watch. Needless to say, that dream jolted me awake in a cold sweat. I raised up out of bed and wiped my forehead, and I began to rub my eyes, and right after, I scanned the room around me, still creeped out from the dream, but as soon as I did, I noticed the two figures sitting at the foot of my bed. One of the figures was on my bed, crouching over my feet. It was the one I saw in my dream. It had the same scarred face, dark and matted and wavy hair, and a white gown. The other one looked more normal. It was a handsome boy. He appeared sad and more scared than I was. Both of the figures looked at me with completely black eyes, and the first one appeared to be smirking at me. I stared at them for 10 seconds, Then I began to crawl away, but luckily, those figures disappeared. For the next week, I found it hard to sleep in my room. I know why I was awake when I saw them, because I remember leaning up and wiping my forehead, but it freaks me out that the first nightmare that I've had in about two years was seemingly more than just some dream, and I'd be more than glad to never have another nightmare like it. With my busy schedule, I find it's the perfect game to pick up and play whenever I've got a free moment. It doesn't demand too much time, and it's pretty satisfying, solving puzzles quickly and unlocking new clues. Can you crack the case? Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. Number 3. My Childhood Was Scary. Submitted by Michael. Let me start off by saying that I never realized how odd these things actually were until I looked back at my childhood and my teenage years. It is possible that, though I never knew for sure, I could have been mentally ill or something like that, but I doubt it. Probably the one real strange thing is that some of these began to stop just last year during the beginning of spring. Anyway, I'll start with the story my parents have told me, The first time hearing this was from a conversation with my mom about how curious of a baby I was. She said that I had an imaginary friend who she thought to be a parrot because whenever I would imagine it, I would stare at one specific spot above me whenever I was in my cradle and I would smile and giggle at it. Only one day while I was smiling and giggling at my so-called imaginary friend, my mom was strapping me into a car seat And when she closed the car door, I stopped giggling and I began to cry and scream like someone had just hurt me and I wouldn't stop staring at the same spot. She said she thought she had squished my imaginary bird friend and that I was really sad all of a sudden. It was a weird story because one of my oldest memories was a blurry scene of staring at a car door while crying. Of course, that could just be me visualizing what my mother had told me. The next event was the first domino to fall. I was eating some cereal at night while watching TV when out of the corner of my eye, I see someone moving in the kitchen. When I looked over, I didn't see anything. I didn't hear anything either and my parents weren't inside the house at the time. This spiraled into some crazy things. After passing by a room or a hallway at a good distance, out of the corner of my eye, I would always see a tall, faceless, shadowy figure. Every time I saw them, I was scared and I would run to the closest adult. I was still young at the time, maybe seven years old. I remember being so scared, afraid that they would one day cross the edge of my vision and appear straight ahead of me. When I entered my teenage years, I still occasionally saw them, but I was used to it by then, so I would only be surprised for a moment and I would continue on with whatever I was doing. Along with this, I would sometimes hear voices calling my name, asking me for things. I could be listening to music. When I would suddenly hear someone call for me from across the house, I would think it was my parents calling me. Nine times out of 10, I was wrong. The most vivid time it happened was last year when I was sitting in my room. I suddenly heard a loud and calm voice yell for me, it said my name. It was airy and seemed to have a strange and recognizable voice to me. I was alone in the house entirely, and when I heard it, I was definitely spooked. One time, about two and a half years ago, I was relaxing on the couch and watching TV. The couch I was on was around the center of the room, and the back face, the kitchen, and a hallway was just diagonal of it. Out of nowhere, I felt a strange feeling. Like suddenly, I felt there was someone behind me, behind the couch, just looming over me. All my life, I've heard the cliche thing about feeling when you're being watched, but I never really believed it. But this event is probably the one time I would use that cliche to describe it. Only instead of just watching me, whatever this was was staring me down, eyeing me up and down like prey. I froze. I never felt the sensation before. I had a feeling of dread, that I was in mortal danger. The TV was the only sound aside from my heavy breathing. I couldn't even will myself to turn around, like whatever was behind me was about to pounce and kill me. Eventually, it faded and I felt safer. I moved to the couch that sat against the wall after that. It was only much later did I discover that on the backside of the couch I was originally on was a massive claw mark, a mark my parents got mad at me for, even though I didn't do. Discovering that gave me massive chills. Call me strange, but I don't believe in ghosts. I do believe in demons, though. My family is decently religious. Although they've become less so in the past years, I'm probably the only one in my family who tries to keep up with my beliefs and practices them normally. Whatever those shadows were, or that strange presence, or even the voices, it seems to have stopped, for now. I haven't experienced anything since moving into my new house, but that still doesn't stop me from feeling like something is in the dark, waiting for me. Number four, Demon in My Garage, submitted by Rachel W. Some very terrifying activity has been going on for a few weeks and I honestly can't take it anymore. It started at the beginning of June. It started in my garage where we keep our bikes and our barbecue stuff, things like that. My dad told me to grab the grill as we were going to have burgers, so I walked into the garage and picked it up. Nothing unusual, really, until I noticed there was an awful and weird smell like sulfur. For anyone who doesn't know the smell of sulfur, it's a vile smell, a smell like rot. After these experiences, I learned that sulfur is a sign of an evil spirit or demon but at the time, I didn't know. I thought something may have just been rotting nearby, or maybe it was some weird mold. Fast forward a few days, I'm in the house on my own as usual. As both my parents worked full-time, I'm sitting there in the living room with my dog when I hear a sudden and very loud crash from the garage. It sounded like something heavy and made of metal fell down, so I got up out of my seat and I went to go check it out, thinking maybe something had just been balancing in an awkward position and had fallen. As I walked into the garage, this burst of freezing cold air hit me, and I mean, yeah, the air was on, but it was like a freezer in the garage, and our air conditioner doesn't even go out in the garage, not to mention I was blasted by this wave of that sulfury smell again. I reach out with my hand to flick the light switch but it doesn't come on. Just my luck, I thought. I scan the room, which is engulfed in darkness, and then I begin to see something. A dark mass, somehow darker than the already dark garage in the top right-hand corner of the room. What is that? I say under my breath. Maybe it's just my eyes playing tricks on me. But then my dog, Kiera, walks into the garage and immediately begins to growl and bare her teeth. She's facing towards the dark spot. Kiera is the sweetest dog I've ever known, so seeing her like that was a big shock to me. With that, I knew something was off, so I very slowly backed out of the garage, and I shut the door, making sure Kiera was with me. Nothing else happened after that day for roughly a week, until again I was in the house on my own. This time, I was a bit wary, so I stayed in my room the whole time with Kiara at the foot of my bed. I was just on my phone playing games until I needed to get up for a glass of water. I reluctantly rolled out of bed and opened my door. Now, so you can get a better idea of my house layout, when you walk in the front door, there are stairs to your left, the garage door to your right, then a corridor leading to the kitchen, living room, and bathroom. When you go up the stairs, straight ahead of you is another bedroom. And if you turn left, there's my room. And right, there are three other bedrooms. As I walk out of my room, I hear a door somewhere else in the house slam shut. This jolts me. And I'm thinking maybe it was the wind blowing through an open window, making it slam shut. But I knew I was in denial. And again, that smell of sulfur hit me. What the heck, I said contemplating whether I should bother getting a drink of water or not, at least until someone else got home. And then suddenly, I hear a sort of hissing sound coming from just downstairs. It was like a snake, but far bigger. I slowly stepped over to peer down the top of the stairs. I looked around the corner, and that's when I saw it. Something with yellow eyes, black skin, large claws, and it's hung like a serpent. It was on all fours, clamoring up the stairs, coming towards me. I screamed louder than I ever had before. I spun around, heading back to my room, and I swung the door shut behind me. Kiera's head raised and tilted to one side as I hauled my chest of drawers in front of my door, because just to my luck, my room didn't have a lock on it, so this was the only thing I could think of to use as a barricade. My doorknob began to rattle, and I heard scratching coming from just outside as that thing was trying to get in. I stood there crying for about five minutes as the thing behind the door got louder and angrier. I honestly thought it was over, like this was how my life ended. Suddenly, the front door to the house opened, and I heard my mother shout up to me, hi honey, and at that exact moment, the banging stopped and everything went quiet. Still shaken, I began to pull the chest of drawers away from my door and I slowly turned the handle and swung the door open. The creature was gone. I began to cry again as I ran downstairs towards my mom. By the time I got to the bottom, I told her everything I told her about the smell, the coldness, and the creature, but she just said that I must have fallen asleep and had a nightmare. She said I used to have them a lot when I was younger. No one was going to believe me, and to be honest, I can't blame them. Who would believe a 15-year-old when they say a demon is haunting their house? This happened only a week ago, and I'm still very, very terrified. Everything has been pretty calm since then, but I'm just worried that next time, mom won't come home so soon. And number five, A Demonic Presence, submitted by Talina. This happened to me when I was nine years old, and I'll never forget it. At the time, I was at my grandmother's house and it was about three in the morning. Even at that age, I had pretty severe insomnia, so sleeping was not an option for me. The room was deathly cold at the time and it gave me a bad vibe and suddenly I felt a jolt of electricity through my body and I set up immediately scanning my room only to see my grandmother standing there at the door. My grandfather is a sports writer and leaves the state a lot, so we often locked the doors when it was just me and my grandma, but in this case, the door was open wide, still slightly creaking open as I saw that figure standing there, staring me straight in the eye. Its eyes were cold and not normal. I blinked and rubbed my eyes to make it go away, but it was still there. This was no dream or hallucination. You see, what makes this so terrifying was that the thing at the door looked like my grandmother, except on that night, I was next to my grandmother in bed. She was lying there asleep. I reached over to wake her up, to shake her awake. She wouldn't wake up at first, and I looked back at the thing that looked like her, and it was still there. I could see it breathing. More chills flooded my body. Finally, my grandmother woke up, And when she did, that thing disappeared. Still, I told her what had happened and what I saw. I told her that something that looked like her was standing by the door, and the door was open now. But when we looked back at the door, it was locked shut again, like nothing had ever happened. When I got up to go check the door, because I knew I wasn't dreaming, I saw a picture of me on the floor, slightly ripped. To this day, That memory gives me nightmares. Demons are scary things. It doesn't seem fair that something we can't always see can touch us, hurt us, and make our lives miserable. Yet we can't find it back, not in the same way. You may not believe in ghosts and spirits, but millions of people all over the globe experience things they can't explain on a daily basis, things they'd give anything to just make it stop. You never know when the day might come when you will become a believer, the day a shadow stands beside your bed, points down at you, and screams. Good night. Be sure to like, share, comment, and subscribe if you enjoyed the video, and don't forget, to send us your Kmart scary story soon at darknessprevails.org. Also, a huge thanks goes out to my newest patrons. They are Chase Myers and Jack Sharp. Thank you both so much for going above and beyond the call of duty to help this channel. Every single penny keeps the nightmares alive and the lights on, so that's good. And as always, to everyone listening, Stay safe out there and stay creepy.